Thanks for tuning in to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast, where we talk about your body, how it moves, and empowering you with the knowledge to manage and treat your pain or discomfort. You will also get an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at a successful private practice. You have the questions, and we have the answers. Now let's get moving. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast. I'm your host, Matt. And your co-host, Allie. Thanks for joining us again. Here we are talking about our April Clinical Corner article. I just article. had to think about what month it is. I know. I think it's going steadily. I'm not I'm not scared yet for this year. Yeah, no, the pace is good. Pace is good. <laughs> Hope you guys are all having a happy, fun, healthy spring. Yes, beautiful spring. Spring yeah. has sprung. Yeah. So with spring, lots of folks start doing lots of things outside. They maybe start walking, start an exercise program spring they put cleaning. off. Yard work, yeah. mulching, all yeah. these sorts of things, right? And you might start get a nagging, kind of bothersome pain down in your heel, calf. We were in hibernation for so long. That's right. And all right. of a sudden people just get to go and the sun's out. That's right. So I thought it would be good to share some new research that just came out on uh, Achilles tendon issues. This is hot off the presses, burning my fingers. Yes. It's from April so 2023. Another, what, not a case report, but a... This is a research report. So... They looked back at some information um, and and then did a study um, kind of combining what they had looked at about this different diagnosis called Achilles okay. tendinopathy. So then there's no patient that's currently being researched. It's a research of all information from past. Yeah. Yeah. There were stages. patients that they looked at. Um, there In this study, there were 114 participants. Whoa. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think there's a pretty decent group here that they uh that they looked at um we're all looking at their ankles ankles achilles yeah so um you know achilles tendon issues uh can be nagging um everybody's heard about professional athletes that get them and it takes like a whole season to recover from um not a great blood supply in the area so healing can kind of be slowed um big long tendon lots of force lots of stress 40 percent of the force you need to walk comes from that area um so it's an important one it is an important one achilles heel yeah the achilles heel <laughs> so we always try to throw a question out oh, to okay. our students so it's hello good students you hope these. you're listening hope yes. you're enjoying uh school school's probably winding down yes for those final year students you're probably uh prepping getting ready for the boards lots of people take the boards the real life is at the end of the month you. here yeah so What's our question? So uh, I think the question would be, um, is there benefit in subgrouping people with Achilles tendinopathy? Is this a yes or no question? Yeah, this is just kind (laughs) of like a yes or no question. Is there benefit of what? Subgrouping, kind of like dividing. So if you had 10 people with Achilles tendinopathy, could you get any more information by further dividing them into other groups? Oh, that's something that's been researched and looked at when it comes to like low back pain. Is that like the scientific process? Of it's like part of the, the scientific process, <laughs> but it's looking at maybe what other external variables might affect healing. Um, you know, so everyone with the same injuries, not always the same presentation. Okay. There's other things that kind of go into that or smaller factors within the injury that might affect things. Okay. And that's kind of what this article is looking at. Um, so as I was saying, kind of Achilles tendonitis, pretty common. Uh, it's equally spread between men and women. Uh, highest prevalence is in people 35 to 56. So kind of right in the middle there. Okay. So 
good ages. That's right. Um, most cases are associated with overuse. So meaning it's usually not like one time, boom, you get this problem. Oh. It's like it's you're happened before. doing, well, you're doing stuff that you haven't done or you're doing a lot of stuff or you start a couch to 5k or, <laughs> you know, it's a new increase in activity. Okay. Um, and you know, about over a lifetime, about 50% of runners will have Achilles tendonitis or Achilles tendinopathy. Wow. See, this is why some people get discouraged, right? It's like, why, yeah. why go back out there if I'm going to be... Yeah, but interestingly enough, 65% of the cases that looked at uh, in this article or 65% of Achilles tendinopathy cases are actually not sport-related. Huh. So running specifically can increase your likelihood of getting it, but... Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of folks will get this problem, and when you start to hear more about uh, the article, the subgroups, and kind of the treatment, I think that early intervention is the key. So, yes, as it is. As you start, as this is spring, you started a walking program, or you mulch the yard, and you're doing up and down the hill, carrying bags or yes. something, and Monday you have <clears throat> soreness, pain, whatever you want to call it, in the calf, get some help. Mm-hmm. Don't because wait. you have direct access. They, oh, early on. Right? Direct access to physical there. therapy. And physical therapy, as you'll learn, is going to be one of the primary treatments for this problem. So starting physical therapy early at the first onset of pain or issue with this is probably in your best interest and going to eliminate this from worsening. There you go. Is shin splints kind of like the same thing? It's a similar thing in the fact that they're both tendon irritation. Um, what's commonly called shin splints is medial tibial stress syndrome. This so is where I'm lost. <laughs> kind of on the inside of the shin. Um, we could do a whole other episode about ah, it, but um, stay it, tuned. it's similar insofar as they're both tendon issues, but um, shin splints are, are actually a little more of a dynamic thing related to where the muscle attaches to the periosteal lining of the bone. Um versus just this is talking specifically about one kind of tendon okay. or tendon of a group of muscles. Not the same pain. Yeah, not the, not same, the same, same pain, different area. Okay. Um, but good question. <laughs> so what they wanted to do with this study was to kind of evaluate whether different characteristics of Achilles tendinopathy subgroups changed their outcome and affected treatment. So they were trying to kind of look at different groups. And I'll tell you a little bit about yeah. those groups. So um, they had groups that were activity dominant, function dominant, psychosocial dominant, and structure dominant. Psychosocial, is that like the one that we talked about last time? Yeah. Where it was yeah, just so like people who were too, fear avoidance. Fear avoidance, <laughs> yep. Kinesiophobia, fear, fear from movement. Look at me learning. Um, and the article, uh, again, we'll have the full copy of it available kind of in the episode notes. And there's some really neat, like, kind of graphs as far as no how pictures. they broke people. Yeah. Pictures. Graphs or pictures? Pictures, I mean... <laughs> graphs, visuals um, that kind of show how they broke folks into the groups and the different defining characteristics of the groups. Um, but I think it makes sense to think about this um, when you start talking about a tendon injury. You know, there are different kind of criteria that can affect the tendon. You know, someone that has, as an example, uh, maybe their tendon is relatively healthy, but they have a super high activity level. So, you know, again, a runner with a relatively healthy tendon, but they're just trying to run 26 miles for a marathon. So nobody is safe. Right. <laughs> well, that could be a different rehab presentation and response than someone who's um, maybe more structure 
uh, dominant where they have a really, really poor tendon. Oh. Their activity level is not really that high, but they could both present with Achilles tendinopathy. But those are two different reasons. Okay. And it might be different treatments or maybe not. That was kind of the point of the article is let's break folks into groups, provide the same treatment, see who responds differently and kind of track that. Okay. So the nice thing about this article for clinicians um, is that they did use a, a protocol, uh, meaning a standardized kind of form with exercises. Um, and then they evaluated it at baseline, 8, 16, and 24 weeks. Um, so they checked in with each group. Mm-hmm. Yep. At 8, 16, 24 weeks. Exactly. Yep. And so... What happened? They tried to kind of look at the recovery trajectories and see, you know, if there was clinical change in one group over the other, uh, or if it was kind of across the spectrum all the same. Um, so what... What was kind of interesting is there were some effects uh, on the outcome. Uh, the activity and function dominant subgroups, they got functional recovery despite still having pain. So they could do stuff, but it was still pain. still painful. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the psychosocial dominant subgroup had the greatest impairments, the most amount of symptoms and foot and ankle related quality of life. Um, but is that the hypochondriac in them? I don't know if it's necessarily hypochondriac. It's just someone that maybe maybe they're, um, you know, for whatever reason, have more fear avoidance. So mm-hmm. they're, you know, that's going to probably carry forward and maybe be a little more difficult to work through in a rehab mm-hmm. process. There, you can expect them to have more symptoms with things. Um, you know, they're just going to encounter more issues. Um, that's why I think half of physical therapy is like psychotherapy. <laughs> Well, I think as You're we learn, more than and, their body, you know, we, we read more and more and, you know, as we've done on the podcast, more and more articles bring that forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it can definitely be ignored. Uh, you know, we don't operate in a vacuum in terms of, hey, we rehab an injury and the person's, you know, belief system, yeah. the person's, you know, uh, interpretation of pain has nothing to do with that injury. It's obviously very, very interrelated. Crazy. Um, so... The structured uh, dominant group experienced delayed improvements in symptoms and was actually the only uh, subgroup not to achieve structural recovery. Um, so that makes sense. So kind we have of functional and it. structural? Yeah, so the structural would be ones that had, um, you know, uh, they had s- substantial tendon damage, basically, and severe lower extremity function oh, impairment. like healing the actual tendon. Yeah, oh, okay. so that makes sense. You know, if you think about it, if they have severe tendon injury, they're probably not going to reach as high a level as the other groups. Yeah. Um, Takes so, a little longer. Yeah. So I think it's beneficial, uh, you know, thinking about these different subgroups, uh, especially maybe for newer clinicians. I think more experienced clinicians may go through this process in their head almost instantaneously through the process of their evaluation. You're gathering the information. You're gathering the data. Um I think identifying people into these subgroups helps with uh, communication, you know, maybe communication between different uh, providers, uh, whether it be physicians, whether it be different physical therapists, physical therapy assistants. Um, I think it helps paint a picture. Um, It would be nice if it helped with insurance companies, if they understood, (laughs) you know, hey, this person has uh, fits into this particular subgroup. And they just believed um, you. (laughs) And meaning, you know, maybe they're going to need a little bit more care than someone else. They'll give them more Um, visits. Because I think when you look at, hey, everyone fits into this ICD-10 code of Achilles tendinopathy, and they do 
you know, they say, oh, everyone should be better in X number of visits. Why isn't this person better? Well, that's where it comes down Not to the differences. Fits under a code. Yeah. Um, what I think is interesting is, is that um, they followed these folks out for so long at 24 weeks, and the, re- the recovery takes almost that long. Like two visits a week, three visits a week? I think it was different, um, okay. you know, and per they group. spaced it out as it got longer. But I think the interesting thing is that, um, you know, following someone that length of time uh, probably allows us to assist in that final phase. Uh, again, to reference the article, when you kind of get into the um, rehab and what they did, um, you know, they get into some, you know, kind of return to function stuff. And, you know, I think oftentimes, whether it be for, you know, insurance or whether it be, you know, the patient's like, hey, it doesn't hurt. I don't, I don't think I'm done with physical therapy. Um, that's oftentimes not when things end, but when they should really be ramping up oh. and building up. What do you call that? Like discharged against like... AMA? Yes. Against medical against advice. Against medical advice. There you go. Yeah. I know I mean, some things. Well, you know a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Just some abbreviations. <laughs> so I think that, um, you know, to the clinicians out there and to the patients out there, um, see your process through, you know, complete the recovery. Um, I, I liken it to, you know, hey, I took an antibiotic. Mm-hmm. After seven days, I felt better. But you I still quit taking it. It's it. like, no, you got to finish that, you know. So I think That's finishing right. a recovery for these tendon issues is really, really important. No quitters here. That's right. So, so I think group? yes is the answer. Subgrouping. <laughs> I was going to so lean that way. We gave them an easy question. Okay. You know, it's the board's month, so we're trying to give them a <laughs> we're break here. To make it easy. Um, but I think subgrouping people into different groups shows benefit not only for Achilles tendinopathy, um, but I think similar subgrouping is on the horizon for other tendon issues. Um, I think it again helps with communication, uh, helps with. Uh, trajectory and setting expectations. Um, but again, patients across all subgroups with Achilles tendinopathy, it was 24 weeks uh, process. So it's a long, long process. Yeah. And, and they're all treated the same? Uh, they use a standard. Yeah. So that's the other thing, you know, it takes away a little bit of the real world uh, scenario here when you're doing a standard rehab protocol, because you may want to change things up, but you're trying to keep everything the same with everyone. Yeah. So I think that could be a limitation to this study uh, where you might change it in the real world. But um, the the uh, study is listed in the article. We'll have that in the episode notes. It has some good uh, kind of like progression. Uh, if you're looking for progression ideas and, you know, kind of like a way to modulate uh, exercise, it has a nice protocol in there that could be followed along. So That's cool. Yeah. So. At what point do we separate people from lab rats? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think that... You know, research is... In the name of science. Research is definitely helpful, you know, beneficial. I know. Um, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I think it's something that probably, you know, there's so much oversight with something like this. This is a very um, simple study. No one was <laughs> no one was harmed in the subgrouping of Achilles tendinopathy. Is that a, in the small print? <laughs> it is in the small print. It is. People so. only got better here. That's right. You know, I saw a book on a bookshelf regarding back to like no pictures it literally was a black and white book and it said this book has no pictures hmm. and i looked completely in the opposite direction of that book. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny hmm. um, what, what does what, you don't know what the topic was no i it doesn't spike my interest when it hmm. just blatantly says that it's a hard pass <laughs> that's what it was called right out of the gate hmm. 
Interesting. So, well, you'll get a little bit more entertainment out of this article at least. Yeah. And the analytical folks out there who don't like pictures, there's plenty of reading in the article too. There so. you go. Something for everybody. That's right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. Appreciate it. Next time, I guess, will be May. May. And then that's when I'll start Cinco freaking Day out. Podcast. <laughs> All right. On that note, thanks for Bye, listening. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at OxfordPhysicalTherapy.com. And you can also find us on our social media pages like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. Remember, you do not need a doctor's referral to receive physical therapy in the state of Ohio and Kentucky, where we offer double the care for less than half the cost. You can schedule appointments online or stop into any center for a free screen, what we like to call a bee visit. Please write a review, send us a comment or message on our social media platforms, and until next time, keep it moving!